What's up? You're listening to Fork the Product. I'm your host, Nick Casares. And I'm your other host, Zach Cohen. Fork the Product is a podcast that explores the intersection of blockchain, product, and user experience. We interview founders and builders to understand how they're approaching problems in the blockchain space. The show is brought to you in part by Polyant Labs. Nick, can you talk for a second about Polyant? Sure. Polyant is a blockchain-focused, early-stage startup incubator. We're headquartered in Phoenix, Arizona. And I say we're because in my other life, I'm the director of product for Polyant. Long story short, we help founders bring their ideas to life by providing them with early-stage funding, mentoring, and support with things like development, design, and marketing services. If you're an entrepreneur or developer and you have a vision that you'd like to discuss with Polyant, visit our website at polyant.io. That's P-O-L-Y-I-E-N-T dot I-O for more information. Great. Thanks for your support, Polyant. Now on to today's show. We apologize if the audio quality of this episode is a little bit different than what you've come to expect. The following episode was recorded live and on location at ETH Denver 2020. In this episode, we sit down with Bradley Cam, co-founder and head of business development at Unstoppable Domains, a company focused on helping make crypto payments simple and enabling anyone to create censorship-resistant websites with blockchain domains. We're here day two of ETH Denver, and we're excited to be speaking with Bradley Kim from Unstoppable Domains. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Oh, thanks so much for having me. So uh, why don't you just kick us off and you know give us the high-level overview of Unstoppable Domains. Sure. So Unstoppable Domains is a blockchain domain registry. Uh, so like VeriSign, owner of .com, except for we're launching uh, our domain name systems on blockchains, uh, and we also build uh, decentralized website tools. Uh, so the idea is that in the traditional world, your domain is in a centralized registry. It is stored by GoDaddy or some other company for you, and they can take it away from you. Uh, if you launch the domain on a blockchain, then it is a self-custody asset that is stored inside of your wallet. You own it, you own it forever, so you don't need to worry about the registry raising prices on you because there are no subscriptions. Uh, there are two primary use cases, two reasons why you would use the domain. The first is to replace all of your crypto addresses with this one human-readable name. So you could type in brad.crypto into Trust Wallet or a number of other wallets, uh, and you could pay me in Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, dozens of other currencies. It works right now. Um, and then the second use case is to build censorship-resistant websites. You can use the same domain to launch a website on decentralized hosting networks uh, like IPFS. So that's one of the reasons why we're here at Denver is we're working with folks to try to get them to launch more IPFS websites. Uh, and so there's about 600 websites that have gone live so far. Uh, we just launched a browser called the Unstoppable Browser that has an IPFS node inside of it. So you can type in brad.crypto and you can see my decentralized website just like you would a .com website. You can do that right now. Very cool. So tell us a little bit more about the browser. I guess what was the inspiration to go out and build your own browser because that seems like a pretty big chunk of work. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea is that we're ultimately, we're a domain name company. Um, we're trying to we're trying to sell domain names. You can go to our website. You can buy a domain. They start at 20 bucks. You can pay with crypto or credit card. Once you check out, uh, you now have high intent to build a decentralized website and you need a way to do that. And you also need a way to see those websites. So there are a lot of browsers that are excited about Ethereum and are excited about IPFS in particular uh, that are working on integrating and doing things. Um, but right now, we wanted to make sure there was a place for you to start. 
Um, sure. So you can go on our site, you can buy a domain, you can set up a website on IPFS, you can attach it to your domain, then you can go and type it into a browser and just see that it works. Uh, one other thing is that we kind of wanted to, so our browser is open source, uh, it's based on Chromium. Um, please feel free to launch your own browser off of it, fork it, do whatever you want. Um, it has an IPFS node inside of it. So when you go to a website that you like, you can click one button and store it and share it to the network. And so the more popular your website is and the more your fans believe in your website, the more decentralized it becomes. Mm. And oh, so, wow, that's pretty cool. so yeah. we think this is a really good kind of uh, engine. And if you think back to like, you know, 15 years ago, everybody was doing music sharing on these, you know, on these, um, you know, Napsters and all these other yeah. platforms. Sure. And that was the same idea, you know, yeah. get yeah. a song, get a song. Um, here it's just, you know, it's a simple website, you know, we're 15 years in the future. These files are relatively small compared to your computer or whatever. So this is not a big ask, you know, sure, yeah. <laughs> share your 10 favorite websites back to the network, especially yeah. if you know, it's going to help make them more, uh, more robust. So. I mean, you can host that on your mobile phone. Yeah, right? totally. Like, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, totally. And then there was validation of that back, you know, 10, 15 years ago with, you know, BitTorrent and things like that. Clearly, there is a precedent for that. So, and people, really, and those networks are pretty good. You know, yeah. like blockchains yeah. are, you know, new, right. relatively speaking. Peer-to-peer -peer networks of, you know, they're pretty, they're pretty mature uh, as far as tech goes. With with the the browser, so do you have a target user in mind right now? Like, are you going after a developer audience that you know people building the websites, or is this general general user? Yeah. So right now, uh, I mean, the idea is that everybody needs a website. Um, you know, in the in the traditional internet, this is how things started too. You had like about me pages or whatever, sure, sure. and then everything kind of shifted to these social media applications. Yep. Um, you don't really need to do that with the de decentralized web. You can build your website, and then it can attach into all the decentralized social media applications. So you don't need to keep repeating yourself and putting your data in all these different places because you own it. So you can just give it to users. So we, what we think is going to happen is, is everyone's going to have a website. So it's going to be consumer use case and a business use case. Right now we're in the uh, crypto adopter phase. Right. So it's both types. It's crypto companies that are doing it and then it's crypto enthusiasts that are launching their own kind of about me websites or tinkering with you know various types of, you know, it's kind of what you would imagine with a new early internet space. There's a lot of opportunities so people are trying a lot of different stuff. Yep. No one's really sure what's gonna be the, what's gonna be the first thing, but we're really excited about dApps, dApps launching. Yes. Yeah. Right now they have a, point of censorship, you know, your, you know, your AWS can uh, take you down and your, sure. you know, your GoDaddy, your domain uh, custodian can take you down. And so we want decentralized applications to, to switch to this. Um, so that's kind of where we see the first action and it's mostly crypto uh, community that's getting excited about it right now. I think the next phase will be kind of like the political dissidents because ultimately mm -hmm. the oh, reason why we're doing yeah. this, like the reason why we wake up in the morning, the reason why we're working on this company is because um, we think that you know, everyone should be have free speech on the internet and that you know, two thirds of the world doesn't have it right now. And that the way that um, the companies that have taken over the internet and the traditional world are running things, they are slowly taking away more and more of our freedoms and taking more and more of our data and working with authoritarian governments around the world and that we need to reset uh, and abandon that old system. And the tech now exists to do that. Um, so that's that's why we're doing this. And that's, I think, why people are excited, too. So there's yeah. been you know, yeah, more absolutely. than 200,000 domains registered so far. We just started nine months ago, 10 months ago. Um, so there's been a lot of excitement. And I think it's not because it's not because these websites work really well. You know, it's super early on. Like these yeah. websites actually suck in a lot of ways compared to, you know, traditional Internet. So it's not that it's the fact that this is important and people see that. And if we 
if we all build stuff together on this system, then you know, we will have a censorship resistant internet in the future and that'll be better for all of us. Absolutely. And, and I mean, that's exactly what happened with web two, right? Web one, like yeah, the, the early website sucked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, people were building them in Claire's homepage or whatever, and it was just HTML links essentially. But it got us to where we are today. So, and there's a benefit because this time we get to look back and see the past 25 years of internet building yeah. and see how they did it. Yeah, right? absolutely. And, yeah, and integrate tools and things like that. So I yeah. think the the catch up time is probably not going to be 25 years. Right. It's probably going to be much shorter because. We can plug in with a lot of those systems. I mean, just look at the past 10 years with mobile development, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's yeah exponential. So yeah. And, and a lot of these companies are not philosophically opposed. Like this is what a lot of the early internet companies yeah. thought they were building. Yeah. You know, and a lot of those companies are still around. It's and true. You know, yeah, there's the Mozilla's of the world and all these others that actually like, that was the whole reason they signed on to this whole internet thing. Because yeah. that's what they thought they were getting. Yeah. Um, and they didn't. And so there is a large community, you know, in the sort of traditional world too, um, that's fighting for this. And I think we're seeing that amongst the browsers and we're going to start to see that in, in other players too. Yeah. Yeah. Can you maybe talk a little bit about uh, some of the process that you and the team went through in customer discovery, validating the problems that you're trying to solve and gaining traction as you've, you know, released your product and, and you know, now built on the browser? So we are really like, shh, like we're like really just kind of like non, I guess, theoretical about it. We just ship stuff that we hope is as good as it can be. And it has all these problems and it's super buggy. And then we have a pretty uh, vibrant Telegram community mm -hmm. that tells us yeah. exactly what they think about every piece of it very quickly. And yeah. we engage them and encourage them. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. we yeah. have uh, community managers who are in there. Um, you know, We have essentially a conversation that's going most of the week, all hours of the day. Uh, and so we're just getting a lot of direct customer interaction and that's how we do it. So uh, ship a bunch, ship fast, uh, and then just have a ton of voices sure, uh, sure. coming back. And that's, that we're not really doing anything more sophisticated than that yet. Yeah, and Telegram channels, Gitter, any of these things can be a lot of noise. So how do you sift through the signal from the noise? Well, I actually think the signal comes out pretty clearly because we we have kind of like the most passionate people in there. They're mm. the ones that are most likely to be contributing. And so those are kind of the, the hyper users. The thing I worry about is, is that we don't necessarily get the more passive users. Right, we sure. don't get, so we get their feedback. Yeah. So we get this kind of like, I think we get like a lot of good information, but we don't necessarily hear how do we get to the people that are like only kind of paying attention. Right. Who dropped off and didn't say a word. Sure. Right, right. And so that's, that's a challenge. And I don't think that we... Um, I think we're pretty early on in terms of how to how to you know how to how to solve for that. I mean, we're doing our first kind of stages of you know experiments, um, playing around with the way that we do uh, that we do um, customer acquisition, like trying to make uh, come up with um, kind of more uh, interesting types of domain names that we can engage people with, and kind of like trying to to focus on that part. Um, the sort of initial adoption, but the getting the ones that are kind of falling off has not really been um, not, not something that we're there yet on. Yeah. What is your acquisition strategy look like right now? Yeah. Where are you finding most of your people that are adopting browsers or domain names? It's really in the wallets, I would say. Oh, the wallets yeah. and the yeah. other crypto communities. Um, yeah. So it's in the sort of existing crypto communities. There's a lot of really big Telegram communities um, that we've been engaging with. Um, so we're kind of like, it's kind of like we're like, you know, guest starring in various other Telegram groups. Yeah. You know, sure. we have our yeah. Telegram group with a live community. You know, we go into others and we present what's going on. We do AMAs. Um, that's been a really big, uh, a really big source. Uh, 
and uh, partnerships that we're doing with um, various applications. So it's, yeah, it's kind of the talking to new groups, mostly in Telegram, and then the partnering with applications and uh, getting the word out. So we basically are kind of onboarding a new community when we do that. Sure. We integrate a new wallet. Um, you know, we integrate a, another another tool. Um, yeah. And so competitively, I guess, yeah. how, how, does, how does Unstoppable play against other options out there that are kind of solving similar problems, things like you know, FIO or ENS, like all addressing sort of this problem of having a simple way to interact with the decentralized web. Mm -hmm. Do you view those as competitors or are they just part of the ecosystem? I guess, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, so I mean, I guess if you if you think about you know, who the competition is, the competition is .com. .com yeah. is a $50 mm -hmm. billion dollar plus market. Sure. The idea is to replace that. So anything that's happening in the crypto world is sort of this tiny little slice yeah. uh, right now. Uh, also, in the traditional world, you've got many different registry businesses and many different registries uh, existing at the same time. You've got .io and .com and whatever. Yep. Yep. So we we could certainly imagine a world where there are multiple registries run by multiple parties, uh, all existing and all connecting in yeah. and, and providing a decentralized web experience. So I don't think it's an either or, and I think the bigger market is uh, the .com. But um, uh, yeah, so I mean, I think more specific to ENS, I think ENS is probably the most similar to our approach. We actually built a demo app on top of them uh, initially mm -hmm. before we launched. We had a, uh, we support them in our library. So, you know, we think they're definitely, you know, a credible registry. Um, we saw some issues, um, in particular subscriptions. Uh, subscriptions are not necessary for a blockchain asset. They're necessary in the traditional world because you have ICANN uh, who takes a fee. Right. So right. you have to pay this fee. Um, in the blockchain world, it's a uh, it's an attack vector, you know, where the registry yeah. can raise a price and take your domain away from you. Sure, this happens with mm -hmm. .com just raised their prices. .org uh, has recently announced that they sold to a private company. They're now no longer going to be a nonprofit. Yeah, there's been a lot of noise about that. Yeah. And in the context of that, three x price hike. So this is you know the traditional world is showing us how dangerous a yeah. renting of your asset version is versus. Uh, and owning of your asset. Yeah. And blockchain assets are almost always owned otherwise. Right. So it's actually really weird to have a blockchain asset that doesn't yeah. work that way. Right. Um, so I think if they were to just you know drop that, it would be it would be a lot better. Um, yeah, I just wanted to, you talked about fees. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about your business model, where you stand on you know fulfilling that at this stage in uh, the company's growth and where you see it evolving in the future? Yeah, so we sell domain names. It's a one-time fee, but we, you know, we, we you know, we are able to, you know, we are able to, um, you know, generate revenue from that. Um, ultimately, what I think is going to happen is, is there's going to be a need for uh, decentralized web tools uh, to exist in a marketplace. So, I mean, what we just launched this past weekend is our, is our, what we're calling our template marketplace. But the idea is, is that, you know, you could build a little Wix web builder in there right, sure, and sell sure. it. Yeah. Uh, you could launch a, you know, you could launch templates for a DAP, you know, decentralized marketplace, a wallet, a, a forum. There's so many different applications yeah. that can now be templatized essentially yeah. uh, in this world. Yeah. And and so we want people building and selling that stuff. And we think there'll be opportunities for us to, to offer subscriptions for various things. Um, so that's the idea longer term. But right now, um, domain names is, you know, is the core business. Uh, and the decentralized web tool stuff is really about um, providing a, a single place. Like we have the customer with high intent to build a decentralized website. They just bought a domain. They're looking around saying, what do I do next? Right. So yeah. Yeah. We, need, we need we need to have a, a place for them to go. Right. And then developers need customers for all of the, you know, decentralized web tools. To Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. we're telling them, hey, we don't, we don't even, we don't even need a piece of the money. Like just 
come on here, give it away for free, sell it, whatever you want to do. Um, it's an open source repo, make some pull requests. Yeah. yeah. And how many wallets are you partnered with at this point? It's around 20, but the biggest are Trust Wallet, uh, my Ether Wallet, um, my Crypto, Atomic Wallet. I'm sure I'm missing many others, so apologies to them. With that, with that, <laughs> with that uh, integration, or I guess, is it an integration? I guess at what level are you partnering with the wallet? Is it a code level integration? Yeah, so okay. what they're doing is so we have a library mm -hmm. um, that allows you to you know easily read the blockchain, and when I type in you know brad.crypto, you can read the blockchain and find my Bitcoin address if I'm in the Bitcoin send field or Ethereum address if I'm in the Ethereum send field and so forth. Sure, sure. Um, so that's super easy. I mean, you know, developers typically integrate that in an hour or two. They can read the blockchain directly if they want, but the library is just a way to make it uh, easier or faster. Sure. Uh, and we've also committed to supporting uh, any other domain registries that we think are viable. So it's an opportunity for wallets to just have one integration. Okay, um, yeah. And so, you know, whenever, you know, one of the other registries, um, makes an update or whatever we're on it for you so it's yeah. just kind of a way to future proof it yeah. yeah absolutely you don't need to pick winners in fact right now i don't think that they should be i think you know blockchain it's, it's too early yeah, yeah. blockchain yeah. applications should probably just be you know plugging in whatever looks viable and if users use it great if they don't then maybe you stop maintaining it down the road yeah yeah absolutely. i was thinking that going from building you know your core uh initial domain to uh, a browser is quite a transition in terms of product development. So could you talk a little bit about what that's been like transitioning from one to the other? It actually wasn't that bad. It was really? A, really? It was a, so it's a, you know, it's a, it, we used, you know, it's a Chromium fork. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, we had a little bit of outside help. Um, we aren't planning on doing a lot of longer term work for it. The idea was, is that it's a demo browser. Sure. Uh, we wanted to show the market, hey, here's how it looks when you put in, when you can resolve, um, you know, a website and when you have an IPFS node in there, please everybody else go build. We don't want or need to be the decentralized web tool builder. Yeah. There's a thousand people at this conference that are out there doing that. Yeah. Right. So right. please take the browser, <laughs> launch yeah. one. You yeah. know, please major browsers integrate an IPFS node. We think that's a better user experience. Yeah. You know, that's the only idea. We're gonna stick to the to the core uh, registry plus uh, our registrar and subdomains.com is our version of a a registrar like a GoDaddy, mm -hmm. where you can click on manage, add crypto addresses mm -hmm. in the UI, add your IPFS hash in the UI, uh, pick a website template in the UI, all of that stuff. Um, that's what we want to focus on. So registry plus registrar, all this web tool stuff. Please, everybody else, come build. Yeah, come and, on in. The water's warm. <laughs> yeah. And, and on that point, have you had much engagement with some of the bigger players in the browser space? Trying to you know urge them to adopt um, you know the decentralized web. Yeah, and we're definitely having conversations, and there are other parties um, like the storage networks that are having conversations with them as well. Uh, and so we think we have kind of a a, a process. Um, what we expect in the short term is that it is going to be the more uh, daring, the more alternate browsers. You know, for yeah. the next you know if you're thinking about yeah. what are we, what are we going to use for the next year, it's probably going to be those, and then it's going to be extensions inside of your yeah. inside of your favorite browsers for the short term but they're paying attention and i think what they're looking yeah. for is users yeah it oh, does yeah. seem 100%. to be the conversation seems to be picking up and like cloudflare is doing really interesting stuff and yeah it, it's it's getting there it seems and the search engines are interested too yeah. so like ultimately like there's nothing there's nothing uh there's nothing thoroughly threatening for search engines and for browsers about the decentralized web. It's actually a little bit closer to kind of what they thought 
they were building initially. Like sure. we were talking about earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They actually thought they were building a decentralized yeah. web in the nineties. It yeah. just, you know, so this is not uh, this is not a real technical or a philosophical challenge. Uh, I think we just need to show traction. Yeah. I think that's the only thing they're waiting for. They're just like, you know. Well, speaking of users and traction then, so, you know, I think that there's a, there's a early audience in, in the believers, the people here at this conference, the people building tools and, and their circles. I think that, you know, earlier you were talking about uh, maybe there being an audience and people that are trying to uh, avoid censorship. In, in kind of the mass market though, do you see any particular type of user or use case for decentralized websites that you think is like, ripe for for adoption in the near future uh a l one one small one i think in the you know phase one i think is crypto companies and crypto users sure. those are the ones that need this stuff the most and yeah. that are the most inclined i think the people that the then burning need after that is going to be kind of the censorship resistant use cases um the rest of the internet i think is going to be more around performance you know, like yeah. once these tools are actually as or more performant, sure, then that's sure. when you'll see them kind of kind of jump in. Uh, the place where we're seeing them jump in early, though, is on uh, brand protection. So anytime you have a new domain name system, sure, mm -hmm. you as a brand want to make sure you have that domain so no one else does. And so we've had I don't know maybe fifteen Fortune one thousand companies uh, claim domains oh, uh, and many other that are interested, and all they want to do is toss it in a vault and not right. think about it for five years. Right. So right. no real use case there other than brand protection. But, but they're still they interested, know. and they're interested, and they're also they also have a lot of those companies have blockchain labs and things mm -hmm. like that. Right. And so we just gave you an ERC seven twenty one. We just gave you an Ethereum asset to go play with, and it's involved in payments. And I'm sure your boss told you at some point that crypto might be the future of payments. <laughs> right. You know, so you should probably be playing around with how this works payments and we don't expect that they're going to do anything substantial there we think it's going to be coming from the crypto community first yeah and yeah. then probably from the smaller internet companies next yeah not from you know larger businesses but the nice thing is is that in the domain name world there's kind of a lot of you know formalized processes for this how you announce them uh, and we spend a lot of time you know building relationships in those communities and we're able to get people to you know we've been seeing a lot of uh, a lot of interest and in a lot of claiming there so that's that's cool they're at least aware yeah, yeah. very cool and how big is the Unstoppable team? We are 21 people. Okay, mostly engineering, I assume? Uh, about a little over half engineering. Okay. Um, but we also have, you know, community team. Um, we got marketing, excuse me, we got marketing folks, sales folks. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. I think uh, I have one last question before we drop, and that is what are the things you're most excited about in the crypto space and also the things that concern you the most or the biggest challenges ahead in your view? Um, well, I think I'm really excited about a lot of the uh, a lot of the scaling stuff um, and um, you know the proof of stake stuff. It looks like it's coming with Ethereum. I think that's that's huge. I think a lot of the staking stuff in general feels a little bit like magic, and I think is going to like your crypto assets just magically print money for you is going to be something that yeah. um, helps the crypto mm -hmm. community get a lot of a lot more wider adoption, especially from traditional finance. So. That is a real, I don't know, that's a real exciting signal, but I would say it's just the fact that dApps are now like kind of functioning. Like yeah, just, yeah. I mean, I mean, we're getting there. I can just point to, you know, I don't know, 12, 15 different categories now of dApps where you can click through all the buttons and actually get to the end. You <laughs> right. Know? Yeah. You can yeah. actually go down a user journey and it works. Uh, and that was not true a year ago. No, yeah. no, not yeah. at all. Yeah. And, and so, and then, and, and a piece of that uh, is also this, um, this decentralized storage stuff. I think the same is true for, you know, using IPFS tools a year ago, it's just like nothing worked. Now all of a sudden there's all kinds of dApps that are, you know, that, are, that have been able to successfully launch there. Sure. Um, so that is, that's huge. I mean, yeah. that's the reason why we just keep, why we keep saying like, 
the water's warm. Like we, it was not warm a year ago. It really, <laughs> yeah. was, it really yeah. wasn't. I mean, like yeah. we could tell ourselves like, let's keep trying, but like it really was super hard. Yeah. We're relatively close to, um, you know, to functioning user experiences now where, uh, I, I think, I think, I think people are able to, you know, there's been multiple different types of, of businesses now that have been able to actually generate real revenue. Most of it's in the ERC 721 token world, yep. um, but that's another really good sign. So. Yeah. I don't know. I just listed six, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> it, it is great. It is exciting. Yeah. Um, and challenges? Scaling. Yeah, the same thing. Scaling is actually not an issue for us because the domain name, not really, because the domain name is a yeah. pretty valuable asset that's moved around pretty infrequently. Yeah. Um, so we're actually fine. We don't see any challenges, you know, for the next few million domains, even if nothing changes at some point, maybe it will be an issue, but we're not, we're not, we don't have it. We don't have it as some sort of a short-term, short-term issue. Uh, I think still the tools, like yeah, it's yeah, still, tools. it's still really hard it's to hard. do, uh, to do everything. So a lot of things take longer. Integrations are harder. Um, it's just not yeah. all in. I think that's, um, that's not a, that's not something that I'm, you know, really staying up at night worrying about. Yeah. I think uh, it's mostly about um, getting the message out and um, you know providing something that people are people want. So yeah. I think that's really what we're focused on is getting people actually using this stuff. Cool. Well, awesome. Brad, thank you so much. It was really great uh, learning about unstoppable domains, and we're looking forward to seeing how uh, the browser traction goes. Thanks a bunch. I mean, definitely need to get you all, uh, get you all your domain, get you all a decentralized. Website. I know. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It. <laughs> it's been on my list. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, Brad. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Fork the Product. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, or share this podcast with all your crypto friends. See you next time.